Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Make It Rain, hosted by me, Josh Smith. I'm a journalist and presenter, and I've been lucky enough to sit down and have unfiltered conversations with some truly incredible people. I know from my own personal experiences how powerful talking and crucially listening to others is. And without a doubt, my life has been changed by the people I've spoken to over the years, some of whom you'll hear from in this very series. I am so excited to invite you to join me each week to meet amazing queens who have overcome challenges in their own lives. They're open up about their journey they've been on to harness their power and wear their crowns with pride. I really hope you'll feel empowered to own your own story and make it rain in your own lives too. For the very first ever episode of Make It Rain, we are joined by Golden Globe nominee and my pal, Lily Collins. Lily has appeared in many blockbuster movies and most recently we all adored her as the beret-wearing marketing exec in Netflix's smash hit, Emily in Paris. During our chat, Lily talks candidly about finding her voice, therapy, and her own experience with body insecurities and eating disorders. Lily shows that by opening up about her struggles and letting go of her, in quotation marks, shame, she set herself free. There is so much amazing wisdom about the power of sharing in this podcast, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. So crowns at the ready, here we go. Hello, Lily Collins. How are we? <laughs> oh, Josh. I feel like this is just one of our weekly check-ins, so this feels really, really fun. I'm good. How have you been looking after your well-being, babes? How is the mental well-being speaking to you today? The mental well-being? You know, it's interesting. I, I had always told myself I wanted to do more meditation, but I'd never really, I guess had the kick in the butt to to go for it and um every morning now I wake up when I'm having my coffee and I I read this daily meditation um and it's just a different thought every single day it's actually from the book language of letting go and it just sets the tone for the day for me and it allows me to have a sense of routine and I've been listening to a lot of podcasts um reading a lot of books when I think every day is a new opportunity for growth and learning and I love talking to you and I love uh constantly just kind of checking in and that's one of the reasons why 
I really want you to be on this podcast because you are like so inspirational in the way that you use your platform. You've always done it, always will do it. Like you're a genuine ally to so many different communities all the time. You're a damn hard worker. You work <laughs> damn hard, girlfriend. And <gasps> you're an incredible you. friend. And I mean like our Spice Girls night will live on forever oh, and more, honey. God. That had been a lifelong mecca kind of for me to get to of going to a Spice Girls concert. I, as a kid, just, it was just a dream. And I, I couldn't have planned it better than to have been with you. We dressed up together. We sang together. And I mean, that was really just, it was just such an epic night that I will never forget. Oh my God, babe. I'm just so excited for you to be able to get on a plane and come back to London so we can just, <laughs> we can just get to mischief. One of the things was that I was saying about you is because I genuinely do feel like you're this very beautiful person inside now. And this is a question I thought about earlier because I was like, like, because your own relationship with beauty has really changed, hasn't it? In terms of like your mm. external and your internal self. What's that journey mm. been like for you to this sense of self-acceptance? Because you seem like someone who feels like you're the most like in your body than you've been before. Um, well, thank you. I mean, it's definitely something that I think, speaking as a woman, every young woman goes through growing up of not not knowing how to feel in one's body and you know, having insecurities and feeling like you're the only one to have those specific insecurities and not speaking about it at a young age to other kids and sharing it can make you feel really alone and it causes you to just be in your head a lot of the time and, and ideas or insecurities kind of get amplified and, you know, I, I've been very outspoken about my relationship with eating disorders in my history and I wrote about it in my book Unfiltered and did a movie to the bone where I dealt with it and I just feel like after you know I've also done therapy for years and I feel like getting to the root of why I allowed those darker thoughts to dictate how I lived my life and what I did or didn't eat and just the restrictions that I put on myself um, understanding that and coming to terms with that and realizing that so many of those reasons that I used when I was younger just don't apply to me anymore. And the things that make me happiest in life are what I make priority. And that's spending time with loved ones, experiences, people, cultivating relationships. And a lot of those times that happens over an amazing meal and things that I feel like I missed out on because I allowed my my insecurities or my lack of speaking about them dictate um how I lived my life and I had a lot of voices in my head all the time that just kind of silenced my outward voice like a lot of internal ones that mm. that stilted me and I think I've just been empowered through friendships and through people that I love encouraging me to just let go but if you surround yourself as I feel I have with loved ones um and the relationship that I'm in where you really just feel the best version of yourself when you are when your mind and your heart are working at its most like its biggest capacity and if you're mm. if you're hungry in any way physically or emotionally hungry 
you're never going to be functioning 100%. You're never going to be feeling like the best version of yourself. And then you're just not living the life that you should be. You know, you're not living the fullest life that you can. And so it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a learning curve. But I do feel, I do feel like I've done a heck of a lot of work. And it's constant work, you know? It's work that I'm I'm grateful mm. to be doing every single day and and things that I want to work on and and it's always, you know, you're never going to feel like you're done with that. And I think that that's a good thing as humans, we evolve, we grow, we change and we learn. Yeah. And I think it's really special to feel that you got to that place where you have someone who's supplementing your happiness, right? Like this is the yeah. tea. This is what we talk about all the time. It's making sure you have all these people around you who support you, want the best for you, and then that allows you to be the best version of yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you you get to choose the people that you surround yourself with, you know? And when you... you I have no regrets about relationships, whether it's friendships or romantic relationships. I, I have no regrets because they all teach you something different about yourself. It, it teaches you what you need, what you don't need, what you like, what you don't like, what you want to find more of. Even like, you know, I found myself when I was younger in this business, there were certain people that I would, would say, oh God, I, I just can't believe that, you know, she's able to do this and I can't. And, oh, that's so, that's, I'm so jealous of that. And I realized the more that I thought about it, I'm like, okay, where's the jealousy coming from? It's not coming from a place a deep-rooted negativity towards somebody. It's actually coming from a place mm. of, I admire that quality in that particular woman or guy or whatever it is. And I I know that I have that quality. I just haven't figured out how to harness it yet. So it's like any relationship you've had growing up, I for me specifically, has taught me and has molded me to be the person that I am now and has helped me surround myself with the friends and the the loved ones um, that I do and to ultimately find the person that I want to be with and that I'm with. And it all, it all plays into it in the end. It's like someone said to me today, everyone in life is a teacher and every moment in life is a mm. lesson, right? Like, and then she said this to me yeah. and I was like, oh my God. I was like, it was like this light bulb moment. I was like, this makes complete sense. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. I think as humans, we never want to stop growing or learning in our craft, as friends, as in a, in a romantic relationship, as daughters, as sons, like we're constantly evolving. Yeah. And I think the thing is, is that the hardest relationship you ever have is the one with yourself. A hundred percent. And on top of that, like you're always growing. You're always understanding new things about yourself. And the hardest thing about this time is like, you know, like we're both very busy people. Like, yeah, we find it hard to be in one place at one time. And then we're also now all of a sudden just sat here being like, so right. it's me. Let's t- work on me. Let's and like facing yourself in the mirror is the hardest thing to it do. It really is. Yeah. But like from what we've been saying is like, I feel like from both of us, we actually can sit here now and say, oh, we're actually proud of this person who's reflecting back in the mirror. Yeah. Do you feel like that? I, you know, I do. I, I really, I think as a teenager, um, in high school, I was a part of a program called peer support when I was in Harvard Westlake. And, um, it was all about teens helping teens. And I was a teen therapist. And I remember just listening to all the members of my group talk and discuss and share and open and be open and really connect 
And it reminded me every single day that all of us are not alone in the, in the problems that we go through. We all have different elements of the same problems. We may experience them differently. We may have different reactions, but we all can relate to one another on some level. And knowing that, it really, it really struck home the fact that asking for help is not a weakness, it's a strength. Like knowing when you need to look elsewhere for help and not just feel like you can do it yourself is a real sign of strength. And for me, I've, I feel like over the past 10 years specifically, I've really, I've really done that. I've, I've asked for help. I've, I've gone to my friends and I, like I said, I've done, I've done therapy and whether it's through my craft or family, I've, I've, I've sought out so much knowledge and I'm a very introspective person. So I, I crave that deeper understanding because I feel like it Mm. makes me a better friend. It makes me a better partner. It makes me a better daughter. It makes me a better just human and connector. And so now when, when I look in the mirror and of course I don't, you know, when we say the mirror, it's, it's that reflection of oneself. It's not necessarily like I'm looking at my face and I'm analyzing my face, but but when (laughs) it's like, you know, when I look in the mirror 10 times a day, no, but like when I look in that, like, (laughs) you know, emotional metaphysical mirror, um, I, I'm really proud to say that I'm, that I'm, uh, a person that continues to grow and learn and actually embrace change and embrace hard conversations and those kinds of things. So yeah, I I am proud. I think as we physically do change and our physical representations change in the mirror, so do our, our, our hearts and our minds and our souls. And if you're someone who's open to evolution and change and, and, and really growing, then I think you're, you're always going to have that element of, of having a reflection that is, is changing and, and it can be scary, but it's also super cool. That's what we're here to be doing. I want to know who has inspired you and passed the crown onto you. Obviously, you know, my mom I grew up with, and I know that you knew that that would probably be my answer (laughs) because you've even met my mom. (laughs) Um, my, my, my mom definitely, um, you know, instilled a lot of incredible, uh, life lessons and morals and, and a huge heart and lack of judgment and, um, in, in, inspiring moments within me growing up. And we were and, and are so close and I'm so incredibly grateful for the experiences that she allowed me as a kid. Um, and just, the way that she raised me, I'm, I'm so grateful because I, I, I am who I am today because of that. But also, you know, I have to say that I've been very vocal about the fact that I was very much inspired to write my book based on experiences I had interacting with young women around the world. It's like those young women, and there's so many of them, but they all in their own right are queens like the fact that they were able to own their their issues their insecurities and come out and vocalize it and be so brave I was like damn I gotta rise to the occasion and like I (laughs) I want to do that you know and it's like you can be your own queen you don't have to be 
in a very specific industry like that has nothing to do Mm. with the fact that you can own your story wear your crown like vocalize yourself surround yourself with people that work for work for you and I don't mean work for you I mean like people that work for your energy people that work with you you have to know what it is that you want and how to vocalize that in order to run your own kingdom right so it's like women that I've spoken to all around the world, they're like ages 12 to my mom's age and older. It's like, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you can hold your power within yourself and vocalize it like those young women did for me, it can inspire other people to do the same thing and to like earn the crown. So it's it's been like, I'm finding queens all over the place, to be honest. <laughs> I'm meeting queens here and there and I'm like I think we're everyone has the ability to to you know reign over their own kingdom yes honey I mean she only deals in royalty guys only royalty (laughs) and um we're gonna be deep diving into your relationships with royalty and owning your kingdom and also your incredible career and your powerful work outside of it inside of it outside of it And that's coming up after the break, babes. Stay tuned. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So guys, welcome back to Make It Rain. I'm joined by the queen, Lily Collins. (laughs) You love a challenge. Yes, you do in your work. (laughs) You do not shy away from a challenge from um, to the bone, to miserable. But um. Babe, speaking of challenges, French was the challenge for me. What challenge in your career has taught you the most? I feel really grateful that with every experience I do, I'm putting myself in situations that I've never been in before, whether that's as a character or as an actress, then getting into specific moments as that character that I've never experienced in life. But one, one movie, To the Bone, obviously deals with um, a subject matter eating disorders that is very close to home for me and something that I've been vocal about again in my book but also publicly um, that I faced growing up and that was a situation where and I feel like they come along very rarely when as as an actress or as an artist in general when your real life and a character that you're portraying or a job that you're doing so closely resonates with you in a way that you Mm. can draw on your experiences you can or at least I could go back and read journals I could um talk to people I could actually relate to the character in ways that were so genuine and quite unnerving at times you know because characters are supposed to be different than us but at the same time what an amazing experience to have a character be so similar and to almost live out my experience through a character and learn from being this character 
new things about my own experience. And that was something Mm. that um, I feel was, could have been a nerve wracking experience in that, you know, I had worked so hard talking through and, and, and getting through my experiences with eating disorders that then doing a movie about it, you know, people said, is it a step backwards? You know, everyone, of course, had their concerns about it, but it was the most exciting opportunity for me because I had also just written my chapter in my book about my experience with eating disorders a week before I got that script. And to me, it was like the universe saying, this is something so much greater than yourself. And if you're going to tell this story, here's another way that you can do it. And here's another way that it can help you heal as a human being. So that was, for me, that was a challenge that I welcomed. And I was so grateful for what it gave me afterwards. And continues to, because when I speak to people that have seen the movie and they come up and tell me their experiences, um, it just reminds me that I'm also not alone in mine. Because I forget sometimes. I'm like, Mm. you know, I'm in my own head so much that I think, I can do something to make other people feel less alone, but then I forget that I'm one of those people that forgets that I'm actually not alone too, you know? Yeah. With that in mind, with this huge, amazing career that you've had and all the exciting things that are coming up, like, I mean, Emily in Paris, yes, honey. But like with all this excitement going on and this growth that you've been experiencing... Do you feel like you wear your crown, Lily Collins, with more pride than ever before? (laughs) You know, I do. I think there were moments growing up and moments within the recent past that I almost felt like I didn't deserve my crown. I felt like, okay, it's, I have this crown I've worked hard to get it, but sometimes I still have this like imposter syndrome where I'm like, mm. wait, do I have the crown? Is it there? It feels heavy, but it's not that heavy. But I like, I worry and I think too much. And then I go, but, but maybe I don't deserve it. Or how am I going to keep it? Or, and I've learned, I've learned that I, I have worked really hard and I didn't work hard to get a crown. That wasn't my goal. I didn't, I didn't want to have this like glittery thing at the end of the day I wanted to feel like I I gained a voice and with that voice I've come to realize that I can deserve my crown more and more because I'm I'm putting out there what it is that I believe in and that I'm putting out the energy of what it is that I want and if that comes in the shape of a crown then I will wear it with pride and I feel like I feel comfortable in the crown. I feel more comfortable in my crown now than I have in a long time. I feel like it fits me better. I feel like it's not too heavy. I feel like I'm acquiring the right jewels and colors and those might change. (laughs) Might take it to the jeweler to switch out that gold. Got to get it polished every (laughs) once in a while, you know. But sometimes the crown, you know, gets a little rusty. Sometimes the crown needs polishing. And that's when I realized that my, I'm letting my insecurities speak a little louder than they need to. And then I take a second, I reset, polish it up, feel a little better, and then, and then it fits just right again. And mm. it's something that's a constant evolving process, but I do feel like 
I'm wearing it with more confidence now because I know that it feels right. And for a long yes. time, it felt like it didn't, you know? And you should be wearing that glittery crown. We've already come to the end of the episode, babes. I can't believe no, it. I mean, please, to no, please, no. To be honest, we could keep going forever. Um, but um, we always round off the episode with a couple of hard-hitting questions. So the question is, Lee Collins, are you ready for some hard-hitting questions? Hit me. Hit me with them. <laughs> Um, what do you think for you has been the toughest challenge in your life that has ultimately become a positive one in retrospect? I think owning up to my experiences with my body insecurities and history of eating disorders was the toughest challenge for me, but it's one that I welcomed and knew ultimately would set me on the most positive path moving forward and it has and I'm forever grateful that I looked past the shame regret or or fear of my of what I had gone through and allowed myself to then live in light moving forward would you say that coming out of that was when you were the most proud of yourself as well yes I I I would because that coincided with me writing my book, um, Unfiltered, which dealt with so many different topics of what it is and what it means and what it feels like to, to grow up and as a young woman and go through relationships with your parents and friends and loved ones and yourself. Um, and I think by writing about it and owning up to certain things really helped set me free in a lot of ways. And enabled me to finally understand what it is when people said to me just let go and the second that I let go of all these things and put myself out there to be held accountable I could start fresh and I could feel less judgment towards myself because I always assumed other people were judging me but how would they Mm. judge me they had no idea of any of those like secrets that I kept inside I was projecting that other people were judging me when ultimately I was judging myself. And so to put all of that out there, it's really helped quiet those those voices of judgment within me. Yeah. And with that in mind, in the reign of your life, what is the one rule you will always live by? Never take no as no, this isn't for you. Take it as no, not right now. So see it more as a comma, not a period. I was told no so many times um, growing up just within trying to get into the industry in whatever way I was trying, you know, pitching talk shows or going in to auditions or when I was modeling. Um, And you get told no a lot. Um, But if I had listened to every no and taken it to heart, I wouldn't be here. And ultimately it wouldn't Mm. have made me as persistent and passionate and um, just hungry for it as I am. Mm. Um, and I just didn't, I didn't give up. And I knew that one day the no would be a yes. And it made that yes so much better because you had yeah. been, because I had been told it so many times, I started to kind of expect it in a way, but it, it fueled me to get that yes. Um, mm. And I think that, I think it would be, it would be a shame if, if everyone allowed allowed that to kind of put a full stop to it is to to a dream yeah 
Is there a no that was the most formative and the most empowering for you? When I was just starting out and I wanted to really be a talk show host, which you and I have totally bonded over, um, (laughs) I went into boardrooms. uh, I went into boardrooms at 16 years old where I would pitch ideas um, about talk shows uh, within different generations or being a 16 year old wanting to ask questions that I know other kids wanted to hear answers to or my mom's you know parents the parents age my parents age would want to know questions about and I got told no in every single boardroom it was you know you look too young you are too young who's your audience who's gonna watch and that I thought well nobody believes in that vision no one everyone would love to hear a young person's perspective. Are you kidding me? Like that's like such a niche thing that no one's like capturing. And then Mm. like 10 years later, you've now got like 12 year olds interviewing on red carpets and you can, you know, whether it's on social media or YouTube or whatever outlet it is, you can be your own host at any age and you can ask questions. And now it's like, the kids questions and and the youth is the future the the youth is dictating how we see the media and how we ask questions that that are the most genuine and without bias and i just feel like when i was younger those no's empowered me every single time i got one to continue and i feel like i probably would maybe not have gotten to the point where i wrote my book if i hadn't had all of that all of those people saying no to me that that wasn't an important view because I believed it was an incredibly important view. And that's why I'm so active within the charity work that I do or the empowerment with young people. It's like, use your voice. Don't let someone tell you that your perspective and your opinion doesn't matter because in fact, it matters more now than ever. And I think that's really helped me and empowered me to continue kind of vocalizing that. Yeah, well, thank God for the nose because if thank there wasn't God. the nose, then none of this would have happened. Um, I mean, babe, I think you are literally the best. I love you I so love much. You. Well, stay safe, my queen. Keep making it rain. You too. I love you so much. Yes. <laughs> Wear your crown with pride. I love you. Thank you so much for listening, babes. I hope you enjoyed this conversation just as much as I have and you're going to take so much away from it. And if you haven't already subscribed, make sure you subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts from so you'll know which amazing queen is joining me next time. And make sure you share this around your friends and get those conversations going because we need each other more now than ever before. Hi babes, me again. Just wanted to tell you about something very exciting. I can't believe I'm about to tell you this, but I've written a book and it's called Great Chat. As you know, I love to chat, plot spoiler, and I love talking to people about their lives because as I always say, talking and listening is so powerful. 
The book is all about how you can master conversation and transform your life, just like it has for me. I've used my experience from all the amazing interviews I've been lucky enough to do, as well as a load of research to help you deal with everything from making new friends to embracing difficult discussions. Great chat should never be underestimated. It can truly improve your well-being, allow you to create the life you want, and bring the connections you are so deserving of, babes. You can pre-order Great Chat today in hardback, ebook, and audiobook, read by me, no less, and it's out on the 20th of June.